The Media Files for May 29th, 2021 is presented by leveldowngames.com. For me, it's 8.40 p.m. on May 26th, 2021, but for you, it's another episode of The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by leveldowngames.com. The Media Files is an all-purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. I am your host, Kyle, and with me in my ever-evolving second chair is back again for the first time in a long time, I feel like. Jeff, welcome back to The Media Files. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here. How has your bicycling been? Oh, uh, it's it takes just a lot of time. It's it kind of wears me out. I've been trying to get Jeff to do things with me outside of bicycling, um, namely camping. I went camping last week. Jeff did not come. I've been. I feel like that was the only thing you invited. No, to that's not true. Because of... I'm trying to get you to come to the gym with me and do some arms and chest with me. Your legs are built like a Roman god's. They are. They but are. But we need to work on your arms and chest, my man. No, no, no. <laughs> then you just need to eat more food. No, because then I have to carry all of that weight up and over all these mountains i have actually never thought about that see that's that's why cyclists don't have like these big upper bodies generally i mean you could find those big bulky guys well sure but they try to stay leaner and that's not that they don't do some kind of strength training but it's like if you get too big that's a bunch of needless weight that you have to carry over all these mountains and stuff i'd never actually consider that there i was at the gym the other day and the the pga tour was on and there was a player, I'm trying to look him up right now. There was a player on the PGA Tour. This fellow was built like a unit, absolute unit. What was this cat's name? I think he got like second place though. Kepka. Brooks Kepka. Look at this fella. Dude. This guy is built like a truck. Wow. And he's a pro golfer. He got second place on the PGA Championship or whatever, whatever was going on on the TV I was watching. But this guy is just a unit. See, the thing that... I would look at somebody like that in golf and think, wow, that guy probably has the longest drive of everybody because of how big he is. But that's probably not the case. I, I think know it's if a lot he does more about not. technique than anything else. I know that but, that's uh, part of it. So he's seventh in the in the world ranking right now, PGA Tour world ranking. Uh, but yeah, in the, uh, the PGA Championship last week, he placed second place behind Phil Mickelson, who's, who's, who's younger than I thought he was. Phil Mickelson. How old is he? Like 50. Huh. I, I yeah yeah I was talking oh, with some friends we a... we really thought this guy Brooks Kepka's thirty one uh, Phil Mickelson's like fifty which is only a year older than Mark Hoppus the bass player for Blink One Eighty Two an interesting connection that you made between the two well of that's them. that's when I was like wow that's not that old and I'm it's not. coming right up on it yeah I think you got a bit until <laughs> you get to fifty one getting, getting close bud I don't know okay let's dive in this week on the media files we are talking about Army. Of the dead. Our 
Army of the Dead is the newest film by director Zack Snyder. A contained zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, Nevada is about to be nuked. Before that bomb goes off, however, zombie escapee Scott Ward is hired to form a team to breach the walls of the zombie strip and retrieve millions of dollars from a vault under a casino. Army of the Dead stars Dave Bautista, Ella Purnell, Omari Hardwick, Anna de la Reguera, Theo Rossi, Matthias Schweighofer, Tig Notaro, Garrett Dillahunt, and many more. Lots of folks in this movie. It was released on Netflix and in theaters on May 21st, 2021, after a limited run in theaters on May 14th, 2021. We are probably, oh man, it's hard to say that we're not going to say spoilers because this movie is just a mishmash of all different sorts of stuff. So maybe if you want to go in completely spoiler free, watch it first. It is long. It's about two and a half hours long I was of an by that. army of the dead. But Jeff, how did you feel about Army of the Dead? Uh, I think overall, I, I did enjoy it. The two and a half hours that it is, I felt actually went by rather quickly. Um, side note, I didn't know. It's the Netflix original, isn't it? So Netflix, this was made by Zack Snyder. And, and I think during its production, Netflix bought the distribution to it. I just, so I don't th I don't know that they funded it, but they at least own the distribution rights of it. I just think it's interesting that it also had a theater run before going on to Netflix. I, I didn't expect that when you said that. Yeah. So that's that's something that Netflix has been doing for some time now um, in order, not necessarily for this movie, but for a lot of movies, there was a rule that unless a movie had been in theaters, then it couldn't be considered for any awards now i don't know that this movie is going to be considered like, for any awards, awards. Uh, makeup and costuming i think that Maybe. the makeup and costuming in this movie fair. was stupendous uh, um honestly some visual effects which we'll talk about later were really pretty impressive as well i think but we'll talk about that yeah. too Anyhow, any other thoughts on Army of the Dead? I think one, being a resident of Las Vegas, um, they completely got Las Vegas wrong, except for the strip, which I thought was really fun. My house is complete desert in this movie. So that's <laughs> that's something that happens, I think, in pop culture media with Las Vegas in general, is, there is, the the, there is the strip, Las Vegas Boulevard, and then there is Wilderness. Mm -hmm. And those are your options uh, in Las Vegas, which I don't think that a lot of people understand that Las Vegas is a city nearing three million people in population. It is a very large metropolitan area, and it's not broken into a lot of uh, suburbs and smaller cities like, you know, Los Angeles. Right, is all the Los different boroughs. Right, yeah. And, yeah, we don't that's, have that. We don't have that. We have We've Henderson. got Henderson and North Las Vegas. And North Las Vegas, you're right. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, this is a very, very large metropolitan area. We actually have the, I don't know if you know this about Las Vegas, we have the largest school district in the nation. The, I think I did know that. The Clark County like School always District. near the bottom. Well, yeah, we because suck. We're, we're terrible. Yeah. Nevada is always the worst, but the Clark County School District is the largest <laughs> school district in the nation, or at least it was a year or two ago. Probably still is. This movie uh, makes that grievous mistake of, of turning Las Vegas into nothing but the strip and desert. Uh, not that it not that it matters that much. Like I said, that's kind of how Las Vegas is pictured in yeah. in, in pop culture. Uh, but that's okay. I mean, it doesn't really bother me. We're this kind of oasis of sin in the middle no. of nowhere. It is what it is. This movie, I I really did think was kind of all over the place, though. There is a, <laughs> there are a lot of plot lines going mm -hmm. on, a lot of things happening on screen at any given time, lots of actors just saying things. And this is coming hot off the tails of Zack Snyder's Justice League, the Snyder cut of Justice mm -hmm. League, which came out on, on HBO Max not too long ago. We did an episode of that. I did it with Andre Hunchins. Go uh, check out that episode as well. But 
Zack Snyder, and I, I, gosh, you know, I, I did think about having Andre on for this episode because he is such a big Zack Snyder fan, and I'm not. Uh, not I mean, that I, I think he's bad, and I can't think I can replace yeah, not, him in there as being a huge fan. Not that I don't like him. I, you know, not that I think he's bad either. He's done decent Ooh. films. Three hundred, yeah, like that. Three hundred's okay. No, he he visually he makes striking films. Yeah, but he also wrote this film. And boy, did it struggle with dialogue. There are entire <laughs> entire um, lines and conversations in this film that could have been entirely cut yeah. so that this wasn't a two and a half hour runtime. And in fact, I kind of wanted, you know, if this was the Snyder cut, I wanted the opposite. I, yeah. I kind of I wanted some studio interference on this one to cut it down to an hour and 40 minutes. It would have benefited some. There, There is a conversation where Tignataro's character is talking to Dave Batista's character about who's most important in the group. If we're going to let somebody die, mm-hmm. let's let that guy die. And then that guy die before me. I'm more important. It's a very meaningless conversation that adds absolutely nothing to the entire plot of the film. There's another conversation where a, a character suggests that they are in a time loop and that the person who has hired them to go get the money, they're down in the vault, says that maybe this is the third or fourth iteration of us. And, and they're going over and over and over again. It goes through this kind of big scenario Mm-hmm. Which ends up being to- totally pointless and, I, I, and meaningless to the film. I kind of thought that they were about to take that step and make it because I think at that point you're maybe halfway through the movie. I'd There's say so. Yeah. A lot of time yes. left. And so they had plenty of time. So in my mind, they were about to start doing this weird time loop thing, making it a zombie heist. Time loop, time loop. I don't even know what else movie. Right. Heist, zombie, time loop. Would have been a little, time would have been a little much. It, right. And <laughs> I'm glad they didn't because it was yes. still already kind of much. Yes. No, and, and that, not to be, not to say that I didn't like everything that this movie was doing. I like the idea of a heist movie in a zombie movie. I thought that was really cool. Very creative. Very cool idea. Um, very different take on the zombie genre and a different take on the heist genre. Putting those two together, cool idea. Mm-hmm. Now, also in the zombie genre, we have very serious, dark zombie films, a la 28 Days Later mm-hmm. and Dawn of the Dead, which Zack Snyder also directed. And then we have kind of sillier, more lighthearted zombie movies like Zombieland. Shaun of Shaun of the Dead, Romeo and or uh, what is it? It's not Uh, Romeo and Juliet. Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies. Yes. Mm -hmm. I I always want to call it Romeo and Juliet because that's that's what what it is. is. (laughs) But uh, so I really feel like Zack Snyder was going for both of those kind of genres simultaneously. Mm -hmm. A a dark, gritty, action-packed zombie movie mixed with a comedic, lighthearted zombie movie. And it was very uneven. I never truly laughed at any of the funny lines, and I was never truly scared at any of the zombie stuff. So what you're left with is kind of this like half-baked attempt of both. And that left me really lukewarm on the entire experience, I think. Yeah, if you think about the very first scene when you discover that there's a zombie, it's which well, I guess we'll get to that in a second. There's a different kind of zombie who starts this outbreak. But then later, I remember when they're in the vault and they're like bringing in the zombies individually to try to get them to set off these traps. It's supposed to be more of comedic. It's 
funny, but you're right. I'm not sitting there laughing a lot, like in the same kind of manner that I would be with John of the Dead, for example. So no, yeah, you're right. Kind of like this very uneven. Yeah. By in, the in way, the middle. in the opening scene, something else totally that doesn't add to the movie at all. They start talking about how they think this might be an alien that they're transporting in the truck. Do you remember this? I do remember that. But there I, are. I mean, it has nothing to do with the film, but they're coming from like Area 51 type. Yes. So I mean, it kind of makes sense, but it is a way. If that's what you're getting at, there are UFOs in that scene in the sky that zoom no off way. into the night. Yes, Lindsay and I went back and watched it. Somebody told me they're absolutely correct. There are UFOs at the beginning of this movie. This movie's a mess. I'm oh telling you. Oh my gosh, I don't know. Anyway, I'm watching that. Once we're done with this podcast, I'm pulling that scene up. You know, even still, even just as a zombie flick, this kind of takes a lot of liberties with zombies in general and zombie movies in general. There's a lot of different rules that are created for these zombies. There are two different types of zombies. There are alpha zombies and shamblers, as they call them, the the dumb kind of slow walking ones that just want to eat you. you. And then there are these more intelligent ones that organize and have leaders. We are never given the specifics as to how those are created. Uh, the original is an alpha. And yeah. if he bites you, you become an alpha. So logically, there's nowhere for shamblers to come from. Not entirely sure how right, that happens, that right? In the middle of it. Uh, there's also a very weird implication that zombies are able to reproduce and have children in this movie. Very strange, uh, kind of gross, depending on how you look at that. And finally, another throw line that ends up having no impact on the movie. Well, I, I guess you can't call it foreshadowed if it never comes to pass. Right. They it tell just... you about it and they allude like, oh, this might happen. No. And then it doesn't. No, it so doesn't. so there's a lot of different zombie rules created here. How did you feel about kind of those different take on the on like the genre universe? Well, see, I thought it was nice that they bring all these things, but they never flesh any of it out. Like it would have been interesting if it had rained while they were in the middle of this heist and all of these zombies came back and they had to deal with that, for example. Would have been interesting. Also, the the rebirth, not rebirth, um, the giving birth thing. It would have been interesting to see that come to more of a fruition than it did. I mean, it happens. And so I won't, I won't give that away, I guess, but uh, not in the way that you would not, hope. Not the way that you would hope or would ever want to see, I think. Well, it definitely wouldn't want to see that. But I, I like the idea of the alpha zombie. And that's kind of explored in that they can make deals with humans. You can present a sacrifice to them Mm -hmm. and they will accept it and then give you some lenience as to not eating you. Right. I mean, there is. Yeah, there's some really kind of neat intelligence that's implied there. Again, explored to some degree, but ultimately thrown out the window as mistakes are made by very stupid characters <laughs> making very stupid decisions. I thought it was kind of kind of like mixing, like you said, the the normal genre of zombie with like the I am legend zombie. But yes. then we have like this hierarchy involved. And I think that's yeah. probably the closest thing to compare it to is the I am legend zombies and that there is some organization. There is some mm-hmm. familial tie, especially the original I am zombie zombies and not necessarily the, the film version of the. I am right. zomb- I am legend zombies. Excuse mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. Uh, or vampires or whatever they whatever are. they are. We don't know what they are. The movie, they're vampires they're, in the movie. They're far more like zombies. I think they're, they're more, more like vampires in the in book. the book. Yeah, or the short story rather, or whatever it sure. be. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, also coming into play in this is a very uh, strangely curated soundtrack. There I is a, it. there is a, and you really enjoyed this soundtrack. I, I did. And well, the funny thing is I had started watching this movie before I knew that I was coming over to your house to watch it. Right. So I saw the first got about 45 40, minutes yeah. twice. And I, I actually really liked the soundtrack because they take a lot of songs that everybody knows and their covers. I, I'm, I'm not familiar with, you know, all the different artists that, that do it, but I really like the renditions and things that they've come up with. Viva Las Vegas being yes. one of the big ones at the beginning. Yeah. Very interesting mm-hmm. rendition there. I wasn't entirely against the soundtrack at first until the end of the movie. Well, the only ones that really stick out to me were probably in that first little bit. Of Absolutely. The the first, yeah. Like three or four songs of the film. Right at the end of the movie, they play oh, yeah. a slower acoustic version of Zombie by the Cranberries, which this is a zombie film. Zombie by the Cranberries is one of my favorite songs. The Cranberries are one of my favorite bands of all time. And I was really bummed that they chose to play that song. It's not a song about zombies. It's a song about a much more serious uh, grave topic than zombies. And using that song in that way felt very cheap, felt very trite. And I did not appreciate using the cranberries in that you, way. No, you didn't. I didn't. You I did was, not like I that was vocally scene. mad as we watched yes. this film that he was using zombie by the cranberries. One more very interesting thing to point out about this movie before we move on is the addition of Tignataro to the cast. Now, Tignataro was not initially cast into this film. The role of the helicopter pilot was to be played by Chris Delia. Chris Delia was going to be this comedic um, kind of relief to the film helicopter pilot until his character or the actor comedian comes under fire for some possible sexual misconduct allegations, um, possibly uh, sending inappropriate texts and images perhaps to minors. I don't know that he's gone to court yet. I don't know that he's been convicted of anything. But in order to kind of steer away from the negativity of that, Zack Snyder made the decision to digitally remove him from the movie and digitally replace him with Tignataro, the comedian Tignataro, in that role. This uh, is strange, and I can't think of this ever happening in a film elsewhere. But very early into the film, I informed you that that, that, that was the case. And it stood out to me for the rest of the movie. It's hard to watch Tignataro's scenes without thinking about that from that point on. It seems like every scene that she's in, especially the ones where she's with any other people, when they CGI'd her in, they're all like cloudy or fuzzy. I don't know if you noticed that, but yes. like it's not nearly as clear as every other scene in the movie. It's, it's the focus of the lens. Yes. The focus of the lens is, is very, the depth of field, I think is what they call it. The depth of field yeah. is very shallow, a very shallow mm-hmm. depth of field so that you can really only focus on one character. And I think they're doing that to hide whatever the artifacts <laughs> of, of computer generation they've had to do to put Tignataro into the film. Now, a few days ago from time of recording, Dave Batista came out and said, I've never actually met Tignataro. She because she was she was not yeah. on on scene for any of the filming, and they had to put her into these scenes. Now, most of her scenes, she's by herself. She's by herself. She is by herself. And that was a very interesting way to do it, a very clever way to do it. And I think that had I not known, I probably wouldn't have noticed. I don't think so. I probably would not have picked up that that was the case because the scenes that she is in, there is a there is a dialogue scene between her and Batista's character. If you look closely, I think Batista is actually kind of looking over her head uh, because Chris Delia was a little taller. taller. Uh, but 
had I not known, I don't think I would have noticed. Except there is a scene when they're in the hangar in the beginning, a, a hangar, and they're going over the plan. She does kind of look like she's floating on the ground. I mean, she doesn't look <laughs> yeah. very, very weighty in the picture at all. <laughs> um, but it's just for a split second. Every other scene, really kind of an interesting way to do it. And I think maybe lend some weird implications to how we go about doing things like this in the future. You know, uh, the disgraced actor Kevin Spacey, who's in some very, very wonderful films. Does somebody go back and try to replace him in Seven, for example, with a new uh, actor? I hope not. Well, I hope I not, mean, too, for... because his his performance is so fantastic. But Kevin Spacey, mm. certifiably a Oh, sure. Creep. No, I mean, he's not a great guy. Right. But I don't know. I mean, I guess that gets into a completely different thing. It does. I don't know. I guess it's hard to say. I try to, when I can, separate the artist from their personal life. I like to be able to do that. It doesn't always work. I do, too. Except when their personal life involves, like, pedophilia. Well, (laughs) I mean, no, for sure. There's times when, but I don't know. But but it's hard with something like Seven because you have no idea that any of that's happening. You see the movie Right, and then you find out that Kevin Spacey's like many, many years later, the worst human. That's being, what I right? mean, and so and so that like I don't know. I guess it'd be more of like a case by case basis. Sure, which is, sure, it opens up some very interesting implications that we have the ability to do this at all now, See, though. And that is for true. film, very strange. Do we replace uh, Cosby and Ghost Dad? You know, I mean, I mean, what do we, what do we do? You know, how Erase far, these people how far do history. we go? You, somebody made the joke that all of these actors that get erased out of movies from now on, we put all of those scenes and those characters into another movie and call it Army of the Dead. Ooh. Oh, hey. <laughs> That's stupid. That's way dumb. No one would see it. No one watched no, that one. I would watch it. <laughs> Everything we talk about on the media files, we give a totally meaningless, utterly stupid, arbitrary rating to. Jeff, how do you arbitrarily rate Army of the Dead? Um, I think like it's a double zombie headshot. Ooh. Is that out of a certain number? No. No, arbitrary. just a double zombie. Oh, yeah. like the... That if one I give it a number, like, it's not arbitrary anymore. There's a guy in the film that's... Exactly where yeah, I got it. Yeah, that's dope. That was that, getting the two and the three. That was kind of tight. Yeah. yeah. that was. I forgot about that. I arbitrarily rate Army of the Dead as a, uh, a zombie fetus, which <laughs> is... Go watch it. You know, I mean, it's like it has potential, but it's not anything I think I'd ever want to see again. Yeah, I don't. I mean, am I going to go watch it again? No. I like I was, the idea behind what they were trying to do, but I don't think I'd ever want to see that again I was, specifically. I was entertained through the movie. I still stand by that the two and a half hours doesn't feel like two and a half hours because the little wasted time conversations uh-huh. are short. And so you get past them really quick, but there's a ton of them that they could cut out and make it about an Absolutely. hour, 45 minutes long. Absolutely. But I liked it. Now, this is spawning on like a small little Army of the Dead universe. There's supposed to be a prequel series that comes to Netflix as well as a animated series about some of the characters that's coming as well. You plan on watching those? I'm pretty sure you're going to invite me over. I mean, I'm going to watch them. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch Now that I've watched the two and a half hour film, I'm not going to not watch the prequel series, especially if it's got that German kid in it. Oh, yeah. That guy's the coolest. The best. (laughs) Watch Army of the Dead. Tell us what you think. But that's all the time we've got. We want to thank you for sticking around to the end of this episode of The Media Files. And thank you again, Jeff, for being here this week. Thanks for having me. Always happy to come back. 
Tell a friend, tell a co-worker, help us grow, and special thanks to Brian for technical assistance. Do not forget to bookmark leveldowngames.com. You know what I just realized? I'm going to I'm gonna break in here for a second. We've talked about zombie fetuses twice in a row. We talked about Resident Evil Village last week, me and Brian. There was a zombie fetus in that. There's a zombie fetus in this. Too many zombie fetuses in my life. I mean, probably, except I really want to play that game. It's awesome. Once I'm done with the bar, yeah. get that out of the way. I really want to play. Yeah, play, play Resident Evil. Evil. I'm on Twitter or Instagram at Brewstoff. That's at B-R-U-C-E-T-O-P-H or at the Level Down Games Discord with the link in the show description. Reach out to us with what you're looking forward to and maybe we'll talk about it in an upcoming show. Until next time, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later.